Hey lady, it's your host, Laura Day, and before we get to our episode, I have a super fun announcement to make. I am finally starting a weekly newsletter, and I would like you to join me. Each week, I'll keep you caught up on the best conversations we're having on Instagram. I'll let you know when we're releasing new episodes, as well as when you can confess to certain topics. I'll even be sending out exclusive invitations for online community events. If you'd like to be a part of this journey and also just keep up with me weekly, I hope you'll join my personal weekly newsletter. To join, you can head to confessionsofasurflady.com forward slash join. And you can also click the link in the show notes and the link in bio in our Instagram account. Hey lady, it's your host, Laura Day. Welcome to episode 15 of Confessions of a Surf Lady, the first women surfing podcast and a global community brought to you by Iera Surf. Today, we're doing something a little bit different than what we usually do. This episode is what I like to call Froth Talks. So it's kind of a new style of episode that we're trying out here. It's short, fun, quick, and just something that you can put on on your way to your favorite break. Today on Froth Talks, you'll meet Shantae Reedon, the founder and editor-in-chief of The Salt Sirens, a website for female freedivers, scuba divers, surfers, kite surfers, and women interested in living the ocean-based lifestyle. Come hang out with me and Shantae in this super fun episode of Froth Talks. You'll hear about Shantae's life living and surfing in Suva, Fiji. You'll learn more about the Salt Sirens and all the amazing resources she has to share with you there. We'll even cover topics from our favorite post-surf meals to our favorite travel stories. And we'll talk about why you should keep a surf vlog. Let's get to it. Hey, Shantae. Hey, how are you? I'm doing good. How about you? I'm good as well. Where are you calling us from? I'm based in Suva, Fiji, so the capital of the island nation of Fiji. So I know that you're originally from San Diego, right? Yeah, yeah. Aren't you as well? I am originally from LA, from here in LA, but I've lived in San Diego for maybe more than a decade. Um, But I want to know how you got to Fiji and how I can get to Fiji. Well, at the moment, it's a little (laughs) tough, COVID border closures. But normally you can get them on a tourist visa and come hang out with me anytime. But I left California in 2012 and I went on like a trip to Europe and I met my partner who was based in Australia at the time. So I moved to Australia for five years and then I got a position working remotely as a journalist and then also starting the Salt Sirens. But when he got a job offer in Fiji, I pretty much begged him to take it and that's how I got here. (laughs) Oh, that's so awesome. Is he Australian? He's German, so he works as an oceanographer here, and yeah. So tell us more about the salt sirens. What kind of cool information and stories and tips do you have for us there? As you know, surf media and just ocean sports media in general has been so male-dominated, and I was kind of just frustrated that there's no place just to go and chat about everything that's kind of like kite surfing, surfing, I don't know, anything ocean-related. So that's how I started it. And I started in 2017 and it kind of has a mix of like practical guides, fun stories, interviews. If it's related to a woman doing epic ocean things, (laughs) then it's a good fit for us. (laughs) And and like for me, I'm not amazing at any ocean sport. I'm just kind of a casual surfer and a casual extreme adventurer. (laughs) Yeah, just casual. (laughs) 
So I read on your blog, Shantae was here, that you're on a mission to try every action sport and adventure activity under the sun. So what's the most extreme action sport, casually extreme action sport, <laughs> I guess, I, that you've tried? Oh, that's a tough question. I don't know if like, because I also kind of count like bungee jumping or skydiving in that. Yeah, but also if there's just a board and a way to like figure out how to ride it, where I'm up for that too. Yeah, I, I would say I think the most extreme is probably bungee jumping in New Zealand. And then I did it again in Zimbabwe. So that was pretty fun. Just anything that's not like motorized, I guess, kind of is enticing to me, probably because it's cheaper than renting a boat or something like that. <laughs> and then there's like something really fulfilling about just having your own muscle power and potential coordination, but most likely for me, lack of coordination, getting you through the adventure, I guess. <laughs> That's so cool. I, I've done, I've skydived, I think just once for my 25th birthday. And then I've, I've considered bungee jumping because I was in New Zealand for a little bit too. And I've thought about it and I was like, this would be the perfect place. Do it now or don't ever do it. And I haven't done it. I don't know. I don't know. It's something I would consider again, but there's other things that I know like I definitely wouldn't do. So yeah, you have you have um, uh, some courage. <laughs> well, I don't know if I would do like base jumping. Maybe yeah. I, like I should modify it slightly of like, okay, things I probably won't die doing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, those extreme slackliners who just like walk across the Grand Canyon. Yeah, I think that's a bit above my pay grade since this is called froth talks let's get frothy where in the world and you've obviously traveled quite a bit where in the world is your favorite wave i figured this would come up um in western australia there's this wave called tombstone which when it's big it is really scary and it, it is kind of its namesake but i've had it when it's really small and it's just this like long kind of hollow wave and it carries you along the reef and the area there is so beautiful there's always whales and bright corals sea turtles it just feels really remote and really alive just the beauty of it and you're kind of like looking out to western australians red sand cliffs and this is something really special about it i lived in australia for like a year and a half maybe almost two years but i never made it out that far west yeah, well, Australia is so big. I mean, yeah. I barely saw East Coast of Australia and I was there for five years. Yeah, I mean, I hear that all the time and I'm guilty of I have never been to the Great Barrier Reef or anything like that. I didn't make it to I mean, I was in Brisbane. And so that's closer than you were. And the closest I made it to was the Sundays, which is like the southern tip of the Great Barrier Reef. If you go out like five or six hours, but I didn't make it there either. So, yeah, I hear you. So what's your flavor, shortboard or longboard? I'm more of a shortboarder, but you just can't beat like the classic beauty of a longboard. I think I would longboard more if I had one. I don't have one at the moment. I do have a mini Mal and I love that. But yeah, at the moment, it's my shortboard. It's like the six one my friend made me and Ooh. her name is Sherbert. Ooh, cute. <laughs> what color is she? She's like multicolored. She's like a teal kind of or like a aqua foam tail pad and then she's kind of pink and yellow and blue I should send you a photo <laughs> yeah you should I actually just got a new board too I just ordered a nose rider so this is my first nose rider the first board that I got was an 8.6 and at the time I, I was maybe like in my 20s so I was like a little more petite 
and I wanted something that I could ride the nose on and I went into the shop and the, the guy at the shop was like you could you could ride the nose on this it would be a little difficult like you'd have to learn but you could do it um, and I never made it on the nose on that one <laughs> but this time I'm like you know what I'm getting like a legit actual nose rider with a little concave nose and a little bit beefier to get in the way so I'm excited I need to pick it up I'm excited to go get it and ride it that's awesome where where's the first break you're gonna take it out Ooh, so now okay my plan was to go down to Bolsa Chica because my friend has my board there and uh, she was gonna have a little surf session but now it's gonna rain this weekend this is gonna be like our first rain so it's gonna rain and it's gonna be huge and windy so I don't know yet um so maybe next week at Sea Street in Ventura if the if the rain calms down yeah I've been there once and that's been one of the cool things about like moving up here is I've surfed a couple different breaks that I've never touched um and Ventura was one of those places like I've traveled a lot up and down California coast but for some reason I've never found a reason to stop in Ventura and surf there uh and I went like a a month or two ago and I was like why have I not been here (laughs) you two can like get to know each other at the new waves it's like a bonding moment it will be awesome. I'm so excited. Did you surf when you were in San Diego? Yeah, I've surfed since I was younger, like growing up and stuff. But then when I hit my early 20s, I became really anxious about surfing or something. Hmm. So I just would kind of freak out in the water and I put it a bit on pause. But now I've been surfing a lot more, trying to go as much as I can to overcome. Just, I don't know why I where I got it from or how it kind of happened, but to overcome this like anxiety and fear of surfing. But actually it's yeah, I've been been really fruitful, like going way more often and just making a dedicated effort. So it kind of like did it a ton when I was younger, stopped, and then now I'm back on it. <laughs> yeah. And in Fiji, is it easy to access the access the breaks there? Um, it's a bit of a challenge, actually. The break near my house, you have a 10-minute boat ride to get to. Um, but it's like a really fast, perfect right-hander. And yeah, it's just super nice. But um, we did buy a boat, my partner and I, specifically to go to this surf break. <laughs> it it oh, can only cool. like, our boat is so small, it can only go like in the harbor to the surf break and back. And it can go like <laughs> out, outside the reef or anything, but <laughs> it's been worth it. <laughs> it's like one purpose. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, does the boat have a name? I think it's a she. Um, her name is Super Blue, number oh. one. <laughs> She's blue. Oh, that's cute. Lots of surfers in Suva have like a little dinghy, like this inflatable boat and or they even get a big boat and its sole purpose is just to go this one wave. Oh, that's um, awesome. Then, yeah, there are a few waves along the coastline you can drive to and just paddle out. But the best waves like cloud breaks, and, uh, cloud break and frigates, you have to have a boat to get to. That's cool. I like how that something that people go to surf camp or somewhere in like Nicaragua to go to a, yeah, like a surf camp, like that would be an adventure that you would talk about but that's like something that you just do on the daily yeah and it's yeah. kind of like a hassle because you can't just check the surf like you have to like actually get in your boat and it could be raining and you're like uh and sometimes the water like the water is either really clear and beautiful and you can see the coral or there's like a fridge floating in the lineup and all this trash oh my gosh there. wow yeah. you just don't know until you get out there that's good though that you have to get out there you can it's so easy to just like look at surfline or look at whatever and just be like ah, nah you know I'm not gonna go (laughs) and then and then like and then it's actual actually good or the opposite it says it's good and then you go and it's like not that good but it's all in learning how to find something to ride anyway and find a reason to enjoy why enjoy being out 
Yeah, and just being out there, and for me, like, just paddling around and kind of keeping my paddle strength, and sometimes if I'm with friends, that's also just nice to do as a social activity. Yeah. So do you have a surf travel story for us? Because it sounds like from your blog, you've been quite a few places. Um, yeah, well, so yeah, as part of my part of my job, I, last year, I wrote a guidebook to Bali and Lombok for a moon travel guide. And then I just had an, I said told the company that I wanted to put tons of like scuba diving surfing in there so I could actually surf and then claim it was like research and like not feel guilty about it, even <laughs> if it like, all day long. And then I'd be like on the computer trying to It'd be like like a two sentence blurb about the wave, but I'd been like there for like four days. <laughs> That's how long it took um, to get that info. Like, yeah, it's, yeah, it's like, nuanced. Yeah, I'm like I could probably figure that out from like watching it, but yeah. But when I was 19, I had five hundred dollars, and my friend was like, "Oh, we're gonna do a surf trip to Nicaragua. Do you want to come?" And it just was like flights for five hundred dollars. So I spent all my money on the flight there and then didn't really think about the details later. So I kind of arrived separate from my friends and just didn't really think of what the address I was going to was and was just like, oh, do you know this place to at the airport to the driver? And they're like, no, we don't. I didn't have like any way to reach my friends or anything like that. So it became like this like three day mission of trying to get from the airport in Managua to I think it was El Popoyo and I stopped like everywhere on the way. I was like, I think the house has a blue water tank and like all the houses had a blue water tank. <laughs> <laughs> at one point I was like hitchhiking and like didn't have any cash and I don't know. It was definitely my most like ignorant moment to get a wave and like naive surf trip, but I still really kind of remember it fondly. <laughs> I was going to ask like, was it like just a naivety or was it a free spirited <laughs> or a little bit of both, I guess? I think it was totally naivety. Like, <laughs> I just figured that like when I arrive at the airport, I'm going to tell them the name of this like Airbnb or something. And then the driver will know where it is and take me there. And that none of that just happened. And I didn't have a plan B or like anything in case it went wrong. And I was crying like, on my surfboard and like, yeah, I don't know. So I think that's my craziest travel story. And since then, I've gotten quite more savvy when it comes to <laughs> planning surf trips. Or like my my boyfriend is like a serious like over. He brings like he's like the person is like one small wave and know how it's going to be, but he's going to bring like every board that could possibly ride it and then like ride one of them. So whenever we travel, we have so many boards, and like if we have to walk anywhere, it's just like you're lugging like pounds and pounds of surfboards oh my gosh so sometimes I'm like staying with the boards and he's scouting where we're gonna sleep or like vice versa yeah (laughs) okay so we have to ask you at least one confessions of a surf lady question or ask your confession to one of them so what intimidated you most about learning how to surf I would say that's our most popular episode so I wanted to hear what you have to say I remember um really struggling with especially like beach breaks, getting out past the break. I just remember some surf sessions, I would just struggle to get past the beach break and like get get outside at all. And so I'd be like three hours paddling and never getting outside. And I think I found that really intimidating, like just being like, it's out there, I can see it, but I can't get there. And like, obviously my duck dive skills and like paddling skills all played a role. And I think that was quite intimidating, like just seeing that you needed to go there and not being able to get there. It's it's funny because like I remember like every once in a while I'd have a surf session where I was where I do something and be like, oh, my gosh, I couldn't do this a year ago. Like, why? <laughs> you know, you just 
seem to find a way like you really learn how to navigate the water and it's kind of it's kind of crazy how intimidating it used to be and then how far you come and look back and just think like wow I really couldn't do that before yeah seriously and like just looking back at progress and how how much fitter or even just like how better you get at reading the waves and at the moment I'm so spoiled because every wave I surf pretty much is a reef break so you don't have to paddle out you just kind of like scoot around or go around like in a little circuit so I really wonder what it would be like now if I got faced with like heavy closeouts and had to get past them I'm sure I would still be intimidated (laughs) (laughs) so what would you say is your favorite post-surf feel well I don't get to have this that often here but definitely like a big fat burrito like when you're like surfing all day and you're in San Diego or like LA or something (laughs) and you come in and just have like this like monster of a burrito and feel so entitled to it because you've been in the water. (laughs) That is totally the word entitled. (laughs) Yeah like you belong with me. So I I think like I need to bring those back here. I have like little tacos but it's not Mm -hmm. like just immediately after the surf it'll be like for dinner but I think yeah I just need to like deserve that big burrito so you're like your whole it's like this big right like the trick is like just don't eat it before (laughs) because then it's like I remember it like it wouldn't matter like if I ate a burrito like five hours before surfing I would be paddling and being like oh my god I shouldn't have eaten the burrito just like (laughs) you feel like a turtle like rolled on its shell but the shell is your belly (laughs) Like this is a bad idea. This is like, definitely pop up. <laughs> this is definitely a post serve meal. <laughs> yeah. Like when you're like a little bit sunburnt and you're like super crusty. Yeah. And you're like have like the like bikini big wet stains everywhere and you're just like, yeah. What's the food like in Fiji? We get a lot of fresh tropical fruits and Ooh. vegetables. Like so right now it's mango season, so tons of mangoes and pineapples and stuff like that. I'm vegetarian, but the like main dish here I guess would be like a seafood kind of ceviche, but Fijian is called kakanda um in coconut milk. Ooh, yum. Um, yeah, I kinda like the um it's like a local spinach cooked in coconut milk and it's really, really tasty. Yeah. Cool. What are maybe some of your your most read articles on the salt sirens? There was one that kind of went viral a while ago. It was about there's like this trend of like beautiful thin free divers hanging on to like tiger sharks and bull sharks and like riding them around in a thong bikini. (laughs) (laughs) So I wrote one that was called uh, riding sharks for likes isn't conservationism. It's narcissism. And so we had people like pro shark rider girls on one camp and then others in another camp. And then other a lot of them are like about how to overcome fears that are really popular, like how to overcome your fear of diving at night or like or why you should keep a surf log. Um, Yeah, I found like a surf log really helped me if I just wrote about the surf session and then like highlights lowlights and then actually seeing like okay even if I'm feeling anxious I have like this whole like book filled of good times I've had so I don't need to feel so anxious yeah yeah that's a good that's totally a good way or a good reason to have a surf vlog yeah and actually like the the podcast for surfers I think that's like ranked high in google so that one's clicked on a lot and it's awesome because now you're like hey you're on it thanks for featuring us so we can find you at the saltsirens.com and then anything, any other um, social media platforms or just direct to the website? 
um, to the website. We have a community Instagram where we just repost cool photos of women doing ocean stuff. So if you have any surf photos or, I don't know, dive or ocean photos that you love and you use hashtag the salt sirens, we put it up on our account. Um, and it's just like, it doesn't have to be pro. It's kind of just like about people of all levels, all abilities, having fun in the water. And that's more of what our community is rather than like only pro or only beginner or something. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. That's our community too. So we can join our communities together. <laughs> One super female. Yep, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. We get matching like, um, oh, here in Fiji, everyone loves to like match clothes. Oh, we really? Like, we, we're rolling out like on Friday, everyone get like clothes made and matched so we could like all have our... Ooh, yes. like rush guards <laughs> yeah I like it yes cool well thank you so much Shante for being with us here on confessions of a surf lady froth talks our first froth talks episode by the way which I'm glad I did with you because I really didn't know how the format was gonna fly but I think we had fun yeah it was awesome now cool. I just feel like I want a burrito and then we should go out for a surf so. I know I know, right? I know. Maybe I surf should... and then burrito. Exactly. That's right. Surf and bur- surf and then burrito. I know. Maybe I should plan like a surf date where like I go surf and you go surf and then we just text each other pictures of us holding <laughs> our burritos. Yeah. <laughs> Virtual surf and date. And our boards. Exactly. Yeah, your new yeah. board. Sherbert, and then I'll have to have a name for mine. Um, yeah. And mine. My board is, it's orange. And so like I've been joking with my friends. I'm like, it's time to make orange great again, guys. Like this is. <laughs> yes, like, bring orange back. Yes, bring orange back. And just for reference for our listeners, uh, we're recording this episode on November 4th, 2020. So you can imagine um, where you were and what you were doing on November 4th and why we're talking about bringing orange back. <laughs> yes, and that's so tough to have your birthday yesterday. Um, oh, yeah. Every Every four years, girl. (laughs) But it's it's been interesting. I mean, like, you know, there was last four last set of four years, but the four years before that when it was Obama. Um, that was the night I turned twenty one. And I just remember being like Yeah, like drunk at a bar looking at the TV, thinking like, Oh my God, we're living in history. (laughs) So I yeah. love that thought. That's so wholesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Shantae, for joining us on Confessions of a Surf Lady and being the first guest on our Froth Talk series. I know we recorded this episode a while ago, but as we're releasing it, you're actually here visiting in California. So I think I'm going to have to take you up on that surf and burrito date. If you, our listeners, want to learn more about the Salt Sirens, and read up on all the amazing resources that Shantae has to share, you can visit thesaltsirens.com. I'll also put the link in the show notes for you. Lastly, if you would like to join my personal newsletter, you can visit confessionsofasurflady.com forward slash join. You can also click the link in the show notes, or if you're on Instagram, you can click the link in bio and there will be a link for you there. All right, lady, we've come to the end of the episode, but not the end of the conversation. Thanks again for joining me on this Froth Talks edition of Confessions of a Surf Lady. And thank you for bringing your unique and beautiful self to the conversation and to the lineup. I'll see you on our next episode.